Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode seven, Feeling Powerless, about the loss of control and power when you're facing a partner's affair. You know, the cards are all out on the table and they are a mess. Whether you're playing 52 pickup or struggling to put your family back together, it will never be the way it was in the nice, neat, orderly, original deck. Your powerless and out of control feelings can paralyze and incapacitate you. So what do you do with that messy hand you've been dealt? Well, let's just discuss that in a couple of ways. That feeling of panic, the dread of the future and the decisions you have to make, and knowing you really have no control over the outcome of any decision. These are the paralyzing truths that are flooding in right now. Do you feel that? You feel like you have no say in what's happening to you and your children and your unfaithful spouse holds all the cards and that is just not fair. For me, that was a terrible to place to be as I've always prided myself in controlling my happy and safe home. As my kids grew up, I planned evenings involving the whole family to help create oneness in our home. So. We played and played hard all the time. I would sing and dance and laugh and oh boy, did we laugh. I mean, there were several nights when my daughter and I would sit on the couch and just watch the boys entertain us being silly. It, it was the best really. Until one day the laughter was completely stripped from my heart. It became difficult to allow myself to have fun in the midst of such destruction. It just kind of stopped. Luckily, my kids were getting a little older, so they were out with friends and things like that, and they were made aware of what had happened in my family and in our relationship, so they, um, they kind of understood, so it made it a little easier with them being older. Looking back at old photos during that period, I noticed something that I had not intended but was a direct result of that time period. Recently, though, I asked my husband to try doing a selfie with me again to send one of my kids. Uh, I'm not big on doing selfies, but when my husband and I are out doing something silly, I like to reassure them by sending them fun pictures of my husband and I. But this time I told him I don't like my smile in that picture. Well, he called it my upside down smile and he said he loved it. Well, I didn't think much more on that until I saw the photos of the past. My upside down smile began when I couldn't allow myself to smile. I developed unknowingly an entire new smile as a direct result of what had happened in my life. It was the strangest thing and I went through all these photos and photo albums and looked and looked and looked and sure enough, never a real smile. And that's strange for me because growing up, that was the one thing, my big smile and my big teeth that everybody always talked about that, um, oh, that's that girl with that huge smile. And I always got compliments on my smile. So this is a definite change. Today, I look at every picture of myself and I try not to use that awful half smile. It represents pain to me. But, you know, I have the joy of the Lord now and that's what I want to re represent in pictures and in every day and to my family and to my kids and even just walking around in the grocery store. I want people to see the joy of the Lord on me and not my pain. That I'm going to put in the past. For a while, my truth was being a doormat. That is not a good choice. I tried that. Trust me, it is not good. Being super controlling and demanding will get you nowhere either and even turn your spouse further away. So what is truth? 
You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. John 8, 32. Truth is a difficult word for me to sound out because it's, it's also kind of a trigger word for me. I know that the truth will make me free, but that's God's truth. I am secure with his truths, but earthly truths baffle me. When reeling from the after effects of an affair, truth seems really far away, cloudy, unattainable. Take a look with me at the laughable definition of the word truth from the dictionary. Number one, it says it's archaic. Fidelity, constancy. Sincerity in action, character, and utterance. And the second definition is the state of being the case. Fact. The body of real things, events, and facts. Actuality. Okay, so truthfully, my feelings run amok when I read this definition. First, I see the word archaic, and I sarcastically smirk. And then my smirk becomes a resounding ha when I see the word fidelity as the next word. And then there's nothing constant left in my life, so the rest of the definition is just laughable. But then I looked at two the second definition, and I read the body of real things, events, and facts. And I am no longer thinking this is laughable. Now I'm hurt. I'm left wondering if we'll ever have anything resembling truth again. I knew back then what I believed in spiritually, but I could not believe in my marriage or my commitment or the commitment between any man and any woman any more than I could change that definition above that I just read to you. I realized that we had no truth. He didn't tell the truth. Truth didn't exist in this marriage. The only truth I could hang on to was the truth of God and his word for, and love for me. And that's where I filed my definition of truth for that time. I, I hope to be confident in truth between a man and woman one, again one day. I'm working on that. I don't enjoy that feeling as I know no one does. But there is something called God's truth. And let me go back to John 8, 32 one more time. It says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So let's hang on to that for just a moment. Where do we find the truth they're speaking of that's going to make us free. Well, John 17, 17 says, sanctify them by truth. Your word is truth. Okay. Okay. There we go. We're getting to it. His word, the Bible is truth. So we can conclude here that the word of God makes us free. Let's take the word truth out of there completely. The word of God makes us free. So when we're free, we can cast all our anxiety on him, which is found in first Peter five, seven. But why would we do that with a God we can't even see and a situation that is real and extremely scary and right in front of our faces? Well, if you look in the word at Nahum 1.7, it says, The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. And that is God's truth. The Lord of Lords wants us to come to him so his protection and his glory will be made evident and his power can work miracles in our lives. He is good, a refuge in times of trouble, and these are times of trouble. And I hear you, I see you, and I feel you, people. Will you give it to him? Will you seek his truth in his word? Try it today, and I guarantee you will not be disappointed. And that is a truth that I can personally guarantee. Join us next week when we talk about a really fun subject, really interesting anyway, emotions, the roller coaster that we all go through, the ups, the downs, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I'll even reveal some crazy stuff I did. So stay tuned. We'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening today. I am truly blessed with the opportunity to speak to you. 
Again, if you think this video has been helpful or you want to know more, please like, subscribe, and share. Also, you can find helpful daily devos on all of our social media outlets as listed in the comments of this podcast. Our books are available on the website and on all online bookstores. So go to www.therosegardenandthering and grab two, one for you and one to give away to someone in need. And remember, you are not alone. In Jesus' name, bye for now.